The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. everyone and welcome to the September episode of On The Rag. A little bit late, we always are, you keep coming back, it's fine. Um, my name's Alex Casey, I apologise in advance for my horrific voice that will probably go and it's I will sexy. cough. It's sexy, Michelle go with that. it's sexy. Yeah, go. I, I don't know. I'm offended by it personally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined by offended Leonie Hayden, spin-off RT editor and Michelle Court. Hello. Book writer. Hello. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi there. I wanted to start by congratulating you both for doing massive things in the time between our last podcast and this one. We got, yeah. got some shit done, we didn't did. we? We got shit done. Oh. You did. I got my wisdom teeth out as well, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So, Michelle, you've written your second book now. Oh, yes. It finished on Sunday and I, and I, and I yay. And look, I got flowers from Leonie and it's gorgeous and so good. Um, yeah, it feels great. And so now it's with an editor, so it'll come back to me in about 10 days and then I'll have three days of going, <laughs> and then it'll be all finished and it'll be in the shops next year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are you allowed, you, can you say what's yeah, about Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called How We Met, uh, The Ways Great Love Starts. So it's interviews with 42 couples about how they met and Aww. fell in love. And a sort of investigation into how having a shared story between people uh, is one of the things that binds them together. Which is not, um, you know, it's not the craziest, newest idea in the whole world. I mean, that's what Whakapapa is in a sense, isn't it? It's, you know, where you come from and yeah. telling your stories and, and all of those things. But, yeah, in terms of romantic relationships, apparently it's a new idea I came up with. So that's all. <laughs> that's all now. Cool. Yeah. And these are people you found how? Through social media, uh, by banging them up at parties mm. with my, with my <laughs> iPhone. Um, national radio was really helpful. So people volunteered to be in it, or else I'd be telling people at a dinner uh, or you know, a gig that I was working at, I'm writing a book about how couples meet, and they go, I've got a story, and I go, hang on, talk into my phone. Awesome. Yeah, and so lots of them I went and interviewed. So it was a long process. Like, mm. like the, yeah, really long time. Two years since I came up with the idea. Wow. Incredible, and she's I'm done it. Very tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're finished. One thing, Leonie has launched her own section, the spin-off Artea yeah. on the spin-off. 
for Māori perspectives, insights, voices. Yeah, I left work on Friday as a lowly staff writer and I came back on Monday as an editor. Look at you now, you're glowing. I'm just <laughs> overworked already. <laughs> um, yeah, we launched Ars here on Monday, which is a new section on the site, um, which is all about um, having meaningful conversations about Māori perspectives, Indigenous perspectives. Um, treaty partnership, so it's not just a voice for Māori, but it's sort of like the Indigenous worldview is the default setting, and mm -hmm. then sort of everyone's invited in on that on those grounds, which is cool. That's already that's great. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. I'm really enjoying it already. Mm -hmm. And how have the comment sections been so far? Oh, <laughs> it's interesting. So my opening essay um, for when we launched on Monday, I'd sort of. Talked briefly about the fact that I was going to moderate comments pretty heavily because it's all about um, creating a space where that perspective is the default. And so I talked about how I was also going to be deleting not just the abusive comments, but the well actually comments as well, mm -hmm. because it's like, we don't need you explaining our histories to us, which happens a lot. And then today I looked on um, the, the newly formed RTA Facebook and this guy had posted just the mother of all well actuallys, <laughs> two separate comments that had 1,500 words each in them. That's extraordinary. Plus That's... another 10 comments on every single post we'd already put up on the RTA Facebook page. Wow. Whew. I was like, I could not have even conceived of a well actually quite this elaborate. <laughs> Even when I was writing about it, like picturing the types of dudes. And I was just like, this guy's amazing. He's like a, like an uber He's a machine. Something. Yeah. 1,500 mm. words is like three newspaper columns. Yeah. He just kept, like, kept sort of prefacing them with, here's a history lesson. <laughs> it's like, wow, dude. And you ha deleted them? I deleted every yes. single comment and then banned him. Which, you know, I was like, I really did not anticipate having to ban someone this early on. Yeah. It means you're here, you're, you've arrived. But you're that's arrived, great. Yeah. It's so good that you that that's the approach that you take because otherwise all he's going to do is suck up all the oxygen yeah. and take your time. And other people who could otherwise be posting interesting, mm. original, new thoughts yeah. are going to be... T have all their time taken up dealing with Mr. Well, actually. That's right. They'll just yeah. be reading his comments. It'll take you a they couple do, of days. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was hard to get through as well. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. Well, that's pretty interesting. But, yeah, otherwise the reception has been incredible and yeah. people are really into it. And, um, yeah, I'm very thankful for how supportive everyone's been so far. That's excellent. And also, Cope Up on the Couch, uh, your video series. Everyone should watch it if you haven't already on the spin-off's Facebook page. If you want to get in touch with us as well, we have our own Facebook page, would you believe? Um, Facebook.com slash OTRpod. And talk to us on Twitter. We've, we're going to talk about Twitter a little bit later, I think. Because um, I'm ready to delete mine. But um, okay. hashtag, hashtag OTRpod. If you want to send us news stories or just thoughts you've had or cute pictures of a, a puppy. Just whatever, really. Yeah, I'm up for anything. Any I just photos chat. of the new baby capybaras at the Auckland Zoo? Oh, you can yeah. send us those. Oh, that's good. You'll be getting your own on the weekend, yeah. I understand. I'll be all up in there. <laughs> and also a huge thank you to 27 Names, the people who make this podcast happen. Check them out at 27names.co.nz to see some beautiful clothes and um, support them because they support us. So today I kind of wanted to talk about there's been a big news story this week and I kind of just wanted to drill deep into this one because it 
struck a lot of nerves in, in a bunch of different kind of ways. This is the story of JJ Harvey now, not Feeney, as I've learned, um, who posted on her Facebook page at the start of the week about an experience she had in Ponsonby where she... was Sunday morning, I think. Was it Sunday morning? I think the, the incident happened on Friday night and she posted Sunday morning. Yeah, so a little bit of time had passed. So she had been out, whatever, on Ponsonby Road at bars and had jumped into a taxi and basically she had been... It was sexual assault, yep. it was. Yeah. The taxi driver was kind of fondling her breasts, I think, and, and tried to follow her. Um, yeah, so he... He kept holding her hand, kept asking to touch her breasts, eventually did touch her breasts, uh, offered that she didn't have to pay her $17 taxi fare in exchange for a, quote, hookup. Uh, when she got out of the taxi, eventually he, he took her payment and she got out of the taxi and he followed her mm. and he followed her into her apartment building, but she was able to get the doors shut before he could get actually inside the building. Yeah. But he stood outside staring at the building, waiting to see which light went on in an apartment so he'd know where she lived. So freaky shit. That's proper sexual assault. Yeah. It's like a horror film. Like yeah. she had to seemingly kind of run in and keep him shut out because she had a swipe card and, and he didn't. But she... So she posted all of this on her Facebook page, which obviously has a huge following and a bit of time had passed because she didn't know what to do, which in itself is like, that's kind of amazing. And people jumped on saying, you should have gone to the police meeting, how dare you, and really like ripped into her for not knowing what to do. And I just kind of wanted to talk about how no one really knows what to do in these situations, like... There's no blueprint because we're not told that these experiences, yeah. A, happen yeah. or B, are valid. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of get your guys' thoughts on on how that played out. Well, I also saw that she had, I think maybe in some of her replies to other people's comments, had mentioned, or unless she mentioned this elsewhere, um, that in the aftermath of the incident, she did that thing that you do where you question mm. whether it actually happened yep. or what, or the significance of what happened. So she was initially very scared. And then started to second guess herself, which is what every single woman I have ever met has done after ha- receiving some kind of harassment or assault from a guy. Mm-hmm. Because you, your mind automatically goes to that place where you just want the world to not actually be that terrible. So you start to rationalise and then you turn the guilt inward and go, oh, maybe I'm blowing this up out of proportion or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And that's where the not knowing what to do about it comes from, I think, or not do anything about it straight away. Mm. And it's like it's so weird that it's black and white to other people that you should do something straight away. Mm-hmm. But it's every single woman I know that's had an experience like that has been through that same period of like, maybe I led them on, maybe it's my fault, maybe I did something Maybe wrong. I was drunk and I don't remember exactly. what I did. Exactly. Maybe I'm overreacting and he was just being friendly, And what if anybody finds out what I was wearing or all of those things. We, yeah. we I think there's so many factors going on. One is th- what you said first, which is we we want it to not actually have happened. Mm. We we want we want to think that it was in our imagination. We're also frightened that we might have imagined it and yeah. Were yeah. blowing it. And you yeah. know, so no one will believe that me when I tell them. Mm. And women are always told that we're being hysterical and exaggerating and overreacting and doing all those things. So you go. You, that gets layered over your instinct, so it's really mm. hard to trust your instinct. And I think we can all think of moments in our lives where shits happen that we have gone into denial about. Mm. And I think this kind of thing, that you know, sexual assault is one of the prime examples of that. And harassment in the workplace, we go, oh, 
oh no he didn't really mean it like that yeah. or yeah or like it was just a joke yeah. she even said in the thing she said as he was kind of making these comments to her she was trying to laugh it off because you know you'd want to believe even yeah. though it's a bad joke and you don't want to be in that kind yeah. of yeah it's not that kind of comedy routine <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like as long as you're laughing you know it's not real a distance I, i'm kind of far away yeah. from this being a reality which is totally understandable but then you open yourself up to people saying, well, why did you laugh? Yeah. Why did you encourage yeah. him? You know, and it's yeah. just like yeah. watching how this played out. And there were two kind of strains of responses. There were like an amazing thing happened where all these women jumped in the comments and were like, me too. This has happened to me. Um, you know, this is what went down in the taxi. I did this and they, they caught the guy and blah, blah, blah. And there were a whole bunch of similar experiences, some of them a lot worse. But then there was this other strain of people saying everything but I believe you, you know, like yeah. you're lying. You haven't been in the news for a while, JJ. <gasps> Why did you sit in the, the front? The worst take that I saw was basically you're in the pocket of Uber. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. she ended it by saying I should have gotten an Uber because obviously exactly. with Uber you can identify when you were dropped home and who by. But I was like, <laughs> of all the terrible takes, of which there were many, yeah. you're it's in the pocket of big Uber was quite possibly the worst. So Uber's like sitting in a boardroom like, how are we gonna <laughs> how are we gonna take down like corporate cabs? <laughs> Let's get JJ on it. Let's like get JJ on the case. <laughs> yeah. There is a there are different wa- different things, different ways of responding to a, an assault and you're allowed to do any of them, right? You know, mm. you can. You're perfectly entitled to wait. You're perfectly entitled to never speak of it. You're perfectly entitled to go to the police or to a, a rape crisis centre, or to talk about it amongst your friends, or to share it on social media. They're all options, yeah. right? There was. I had at this moment when I first read about it, when uh, which was late, which was Monday or Tuesday, I think. Um, that. It seemed weird to go to social media when you weren't going to the police. Initially, to me, it was like I I had to pull myself up and go, okay, so you you you're asking for advice about what to do, but it seems really obvious what you need to do. I can't quite get the logic for 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 me. Like if yeah, it's not something that I would talk about in public. I would talk about it with my friends. But then I reminded myself that JJ lives a huge amount of her life in public, right? Mm. And she's mm. on the radio every day and she lives on social media. So that's her safe circle in a sense. Like I would ring my six girlfriends and get them round and go, eh, shit happened, or one of them or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 There are all, way, all kinds of ways that you respond to this kind of thing and all kinds of ways that you would deal with it and none of them is wrong. Yeah, agreed. Totally. I actually think, you know, even though people are like, oh, you should have gone to the police straight away, blah, blah, blah. And actually making that dialogue and that conversation public and seeing um, the kind of outpouring of, you know, it's almost like, I think maybe even we talked about it with Clementine, but like when something like this happens and there's just like an eruption of, shared experiences and yeah. recognition and yeah. it's just like we never actually get to talk about this stuff yeah. outside of when it happens and something bad happens and it's like a public figure or it makes the news right and it was almost like i'm i'm sure that wasn't her intention at the time she was just trying to figure out what happened what and to do just reaching out into yeah. the ether to be like someone tell me i'm not crazy which yeah. is i feel like what most of us are doing all the time um but yeah the kind of the upshot of it has been quite incredible to watch and it w- i think some of the 
responses have been interesting. I'm furious with the New Zealand Taxi Federation, the dude whose name I can't remember because I didn't want to, um, who said that half of all uh, allegations of assault from women a year are fictitious, that women just make, make that shit up. Yeah, he said 50% of, of allegations of assault <laughs> are fictitious. On Based on nothing How because they don't, they don't actually keep records of no. that. And most of the time people don't, if they've been sexually assaulted, they don't call the taxi company. They go to the police yeah. or rape crisis or, yeah. or their friends or whoever it is. Um, and oh, his response man. was that uh, like JJ should have gone to, uh, it should, you should always take a cab from a reputable company. So there's a bunch of things wrong with that. Mm. One of them is that she said that she tried to go with the yeah. taxi company that she usually uses for work, but that driver wouldn't take her because her trip wasn't long enough and yeah. he wasn't going to make enough money out of it. So he said, take the guy behind. So there's a reputable driver for a reputable company saying, it can't be asked with your $17 fare, love. Mm. Um, so that doesn't hold up terribly well either. And it still puts the blame on her for absolutely. choosing the wrong. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And it's, anyway, it's, it's bullshit. And women very rarely make malicious allegations of assault. Mm. It's incredibly mm. rare. It's it's more rare than people who make false claims on their house contents insurance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and occasionally women will make an allegation of assault against the wrong person. The assault happens, but they don't know who the perpetrator was because of darkness or whatever it is. So that happens mm. very rarely. But women can really accuse somebody of sexual assault when nothing happened mm. Mm. because because of all the reasons why it took JJ 36 hours to come out with this and still not know yeah. where to go with it and what mm. she wanted to do about it because it's really horrible mm. and as we've learned there isn't there's nothing to gain by making that story up no yeah. you know? no what, what no. it, but these people are like she's making it up because she hasn't been in the news for a while. It's oh, like for God's sake! What are you doing? She's on the radio every day. Why do you think she <laughs> needs more media? It's like, and it's not like it, this isn't one that you're going to stick in your fucking scrapbook, is it? For yeah. the grandkids, yeah, tell that That's, to the Woman's Day. No, you know? really not. Like, yeah, I made a list of what we'd learnt from it, um, which is you know from listening to people like the Taxi Federation guy um, and and the douchebags um, and so these are the things that all women must know um, you must go home don't walk get in a cab or get out of the cab and walk and tell someone or don't tell anyone you've got to do all of those things yeah. simultaneously yeah. Um, if you've had too much to drink go home but sometimes you might be too drunk to go home so stay um, get help from <laughs> from strangers but also don't trust any strangers because yeah. they're all dangerous sensible so I think if you can get those things on board you'll be sweet it's yeah, right, really sound advice, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to stitch it on a cushion. <laughs> Put it in the back of a taxi. Go home and stay at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Got it. I just think about all the times I have been shit-faced in mm. the back of a taxi. Mm. And that taxi driver has not done anything bad to me. You know, yeah. it's not my fault. Yeah. I mean, it is my fault that I'm trying because I'm an idiot. But that's what taxis <laughs> are for, right? Yeah. That's what they exist for. To it's get like... you home safely when you're shit-faced. Yeah. That's pretty much their job. 
Yeah, I've had a couple of dodgy taxi rides. Really? Yeah, I had one guy, and I was that sort of like cross-eyed drunk, and so I don't remember the incident super well, but I remember the incident very well, and that was him pulling up at my destination, turning around in his seat, and sliding his hand up my leg. Oh my god. And like, I just remember kind of vaguely thinking, ah, what a fucking creep, and then just like deciding that I could get a free like fear out of it because he had obviously you know violated mm. his role as guardian mm. so i was like oh get off and then just got out and didn't pay him and stumbled into the house but i was just like and i i like like jj i don't know the name of the company i couldn't even have even told you what time it was mm. but because i was quite late home my boyfriend was very angry and so i never told him because mm. right he was fucked off at me and i was like oh i just have to just I just have to deal with this one on my own. It's my own fault. I was really wasted and I stayed out later than I said I would and da 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 da. So yeah, I just remember that feeling of just like a stranger's hand running mm. up my leg. Mm. It's like, Ugh. Ugh. It's horrible. Yeah. How long ago was that? It was years ago. It was maybe seven or eight years ago. But actually not that long after. It sort of happened again. Not any touching, but I was on my way home and I used to live near the Wendy's on Dominion Road. And my taxi driver was like, you're, you're my last job. Let me buy you dinner. I'll take you to Wendy's. And I was like, no, no, I'm fine. Just take me home. He's like, no, I'll take you out for dinner. And just started driving towards oh. the Wendy's did instead you say of to down him, my street. Did you say to him that Wendy's isn't really out for dinner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> French cafe. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And this was another <laughs> one of those situations where it's like, I am really scared but now I have to make it seem like I'm not in order to mm. figure out how I get out of the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I started laughing and joking that like, oh, Wendy's big spender, eh? You know what? Yeah. I'm actually fine. I've already eaten and so it's not a big deal. But can you just, you know, I just live down there and he was like, no, no, we'll go through the drive through and then I'll take you somewhere nice. Like, freaking oh out. Um, and then I just was like, cool, thank you. And he stopped to look at the menu at Wendy's and I just got out. And just walked home. Yeah. And like, even then it was like, I can't see to be running, be seen to be running because I, then he'll chase me. Because yeah. if you don't respond to it as oh, it's a dangerous situation, it's not a dangerous situation yeah. in a way. Yeah. Mm. I'm so not going to. I laughed and then I gave him mm. money, told him to keep the change because I wasn't going to wait for my change while he was protesting at the Wendy's drive through Yeah. And I just really slowly walked away as if everything was fine and as if my heart wasn't beating like a million fucking miles an mm. hour mm. you know just like trying not to like cry or be over hysterical because like nothing had actually happened so there's no need to overreact mm. just walk away slowly mm. it's that moment when it like something in the speech or the behavior or the mood just shifts yeah. right and then you yeah. start playing out every single yeah yeah thing we're talking before about how now because there's uber like it feels a little bit safer there's a little bit more accountability but there's still like i feel like there's some moments just when you're like getting comments like how's your day going whatever blah, blah, blah. and there's like do you have a boyfriend you know like yeah and you're like oh okay yep. this has changed yeah and it's yep. how you respond to that and what you do beyond that yeah. and you can i mean i've had uber drivers do that yeah you know and you can't really yeah what am i gonna do call the ceo and be like yeah you can i mean if it, with uber they have a fantastic complaints uh they do thing on the app so mm. articulate um so you can you can go into the app and say do you have a comment to leave about would you like to let us know something about your driver and you can do that mm. um but yeah i what the thing that i always 
want to tell everybody in the world, including myself, is when you feel that conversation turn, you did not imagine that. That's your instincts doing what your instincts, that's your survival instinct. That's the thing that made your great, 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 great grandmothers not get eaten by a fucking mammoth. That's Mm. you knowing what's dangerous and what's not and listen to it and do something about it. I do a lot of um, pretending to phone people on my phone when when the conversation turns. Uh, And sometimes it's a real phone call. Hi, honey. Yeah, no, I'll be home in about... No, we're just on Purple Road. Yeah, no, we're not far away now. Okay, darling, love you, love you, yeah. No, meet me on the front doorstep. That'd be great, bye. How's jujitsu practice going? Can, can you, you finish move, your knife sharp? Could you move the <laughs> rifles so I can get the door properly open? That'd be great, Giles. Just a great technique. Before yeah. we go any further, I have some stories I'd like to share as well. But um, I thought we'd just do an interim uh, watch and read and, and all, all the clubs mm. we normally like to join each month. Um, instead of doing it at the end, I thought we might just plonk it in the middle. Um, is there anything this month you've been paying attention to that you'd like to recommend to our, our lovely listeners? I started watching The Deuce. Oh, yeah. That's about porn, right? Um, yeah, it's about the sex work industry in New York in the 70s. 70s. Yes, 70s. Mm. Round Times Square before they cleaned it up and turned it into a tourist destination. Um, starring James Franco and James Franco because he plays twins. Um, you can't get enough of the Franco. Yeah, he can't get enough of the Franco either, I feel. <laughs> um, it's really great. It's from the writers of The Wire, so it's gritty. But... I, I mean, I bring it up more it is a really good series, but I'm also interested to know if if anyone listening has also watched and felt the same as me in that, um, so I've watched the first four episodes and uh, I recognise that it's well written and the characters are great. But then there's a part of me when uh, one of the pimps, you know, is violent towards one of his women or whatever, that is just like, I don't need to, give up my time to watching men beat up women in the media I consume. Mm. So I'm going to start watching this episode now. Mm-hmm. And like, it's really weird though, to sort of have that, like, I recognize that this is a really great series that I'm enjoying for its artistic merit. However, mm. why am I being shown this again? Like, it's not, yeah. it's not like it has any sort of clearly misogynist overtones or anything like that. Yeah. In fact, the women in it are really awesome, really cool three dimensional characters um, Maggie Gyllenhaal plays a really amazing sex worker who's like a single mother and da da da. And yeah, the characters are great, but mm. I, I just had that. Oh God, why do I have to watch this sort of feeling about the violence, about the yeah. violence towards the women? It's like if it's historically mm. accurate, it is. Mm. But yeah, I was just keen to know if anyone else sort of felt the same way because it's weird when you're enjoying something and then simultaneously being like, why? Why do I have to? Is there a lot this? of it? There's enough sort of violence in general that you are sort of kept on your toes a bit like The Wire. Yeah. It's a, it feels dangerous while you're watching it. You, you never know what's going to happen. Like, right. What's going to happen around the corner? And because there are so many sex workers in it, that violence is very real for them in mm. mm, mm. a lot of scenes mm-hmm. or the potential for violence. So you're like really on edge about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I go through phases where I just can't watch any of those kinds of... Like, I love The Wire and Tremaine, same people, very different series. But 
and I want to watch this, but I, you know, programs like The Killing, and what's the, the one with, um, God, I'm so hopeless, um, Dana Scully is now uh, in another, it's a British. Uh, yeah, um, The Fall? Yeah, yeah, The Fall, and I watched the first series, and now the second series is up, but I'm just not, I'm finding the world really fucking brutal, Yeah, and I yeah. just want fluffy kittens. Yeah, and, totally. um I don't know. It, yeah, but some mood is weird. Only you know, like I've always, I always say, the, the <laughs> middle class white people killing each other over money and sex, and there's no violence on screen. It's just mm. or a shovel goes up and then a body falls down. And I just, in my <laughs> downtime, I just want the world not to be quite so cruel yeah. right now. Mm. I think that's a very real thing. I watched, um, I watched a horror film on my own. It was horrible. It was called Gerald's Game on Netflix, and it's based on a Stephen King novel, I think. And it's like this. Oh, it's I don't know why I did it. You know, I used to like really love horror films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love like even like gory stuff and being scared. And now I just watch it. And I'm like, why? Why am I doing this? <laughs> I watch a horrible film. So it's about this like couple that go and try and like save their marriage. They go off to this cabin in the middle of nowhere. Classic. And du, du, du. they do That's like a good idea. getting like a bit kinky. And she, the guy handcuffs her up on the bed and then he has a heart attack and he dies. And he kind of rolls off the bed and he's dead. And she's chained to this. She's chained to the bed in the middle of nowhere. No one can hear her scream. And it's just basically about her like. Oh my God, that's horrible. I know, it's just like a nightmare <laughs> to begin with, right? And then everything starts unfurling and it gets really like nasty and gory. And I had to watch after I finished it. I felt so bad. I felt so angry at myself. I had to watch like four episodes of The Mindy Project, <laughs> two episodes of The Bachelor, just to kind of like cleanse. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a detox. Such good mind bleach, Mindy Project. Yeah. <laughs> I had a good chat once with Rose Hoare, who was like, Mindy Project is the only show you know you can watch and no one's going to get raped. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> My other version of that amazing. is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's just so so stupid. Yeah. And Gil- all the characters are just delightful. Gilmore Girls for me. That no, nothing bad ever happened, really. I mean, you know, sometimes she didn't get an A. But apart from yeah. that, it was what okay. What about like that nearly entire season when they didn't talk to each other? That really oh, that stressed was me out. That was really sad. <laughs> it was really stressful. That was really sad. Okay. No, you got to Rory, it. forgive her. <laughs> um, is there anything else you've been watching? Michelle? I've been watching um, because I, uh, I uh, have been doing a little yeah, uh, binge watch <laughs> on Find Me a Māori Bride on the, the oh latest God, season. So I love it. I love it. And one of the things that really strikes me about it is that um, because there was there are so many Māori characters, I'm seeing more actors' faces that I normally get to see. You know, like if you watch Broken Wood Mysteries or um, that you, you run of the mill standard dramas, you see the same half dozen faces. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. seeing all these gorgeous people that I've never seen before. Because yeah. they're doing in this new series, um, well, I don't know how new it is, but I'm watching it, so it's new to me. Mm. Um, it's like a double bachelor, double head up. They're, they're two bachelors and they're bringing all these women into as their um, seven women as their potential partners. Mm-hmm. And Two of them are women that I've recognised from work before, but the rest of them are brand new and they're brilliant actors and it's fabulous. Mm. I'm just, I'm really, really enjoying it. It's so funny. It's great. Is that the second season, maybe? Maybe it's the second season. It is, yeah. 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 I reckon it's one of the funniest shows on New Zealand telly. It's terrific. And the production values are great. You know, there's, yeah, it's got... 
Oh, great shots. It's all fabulous. Yeah, I love it. So that's that's been really fun, and no, nobody's been killed yet. Yeah, and I'm sure awesome. if, they, if they are killed, it will be in a really ironic <laughs> way. Like a slapstick death. <laughs> Colin Holloway, is that his yeah, name? Yeah, Colin, yeah. How the hell is that guy just not like famous all over the world? He is, he is cool, eh? one of the funniest really actors funny. in New Zealand. Yeah. Well, and he used to do stand up. That's where I know him from, right. from Wellington stand up scene. And he was a good stand up. But I th- think he's an even better comic actor because his yeah. timing is so beautiful. He did, it was the best thing about that. Um, what was that Tim variety show? Oh, the, yeah. Uh, that the modern Marty Quartet were in. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yes. Something hour. But yeah, yes. the skits that they did in between yep. like the musical numbers, Colin Holloway, Holloway was just the, yeah. the breakout star from that, I think. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, he's very funny. It's excellent. Um, I have been watching, I don't know if the show is for teenagers or not. I'm looking at Mad because she's going to tell me soon. <laughs> Big Mouth on Netflix. It's for adults, right? Uh. <laughs> so this is, um, it's a cartoon which I think is created and written by Nick Kroll, who I love. Um, And it's all about puberty and about um, these kind of little kind of scrawny teens. And every episode is kind of about a different thing. There's like a vagina episode and a period episode. There's like a wet dreams episode. But it's like maybe the funniest cartoon I've ever seen. Oh, my God. Awesome. It's really funny. It's really frank. It's really like disgusting. (laughs) It's just like real gnarly and it's honesty about what teenagers actually do and what the experiences are like and because it's a cartoon it can kind of amplify it all so there's like this hormone monster that follows oh. everybody and like if they look at a girl they're like look at her boobs and like <laughs> we'll kind of lean in and whisper in the ears and I was like oh my god I feel like if I had seen that when I was a teenager just it just alleviates it's like kind of retrospectively alleviating stress for me that I don't even have anymore yeah, but yeah. I'm like oh that was all like normal and it's all fine yes so I've nearly finished that. It's really amazing. Good I don't mouth. know if it's like, because it's quite, like teenagers could watch it, eh? How, how young would you go? Like 12? <laughs> no. There's a bit of swearing in it. Like it's a bit, it's definitely like an adult cartoon, but it's about a teenage issue. It's yeah. real interesting. Yeah. Um, but I highly recommend that. Um, on Netflix, you said? It's on Netflix. Yeah. Okay, I will. Yeah. Oh, okay, I will. It's a real good one. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch <laughs> that tonight. I'm going to watch that. I'm watching it. And it's just so funny. Like, above all. I don't I don't, I don't, don't love cartoons all the time, you know, but yeah. this this is a good one. And um, on that kind of tangential note, I've also finished um, Bang, the RNZ podcast oh. about sex and oh, sexuality. Oh, Melody Thomas's one. Love it. It's really good, isn't it? It's so good. I, I hope she still listens. I, I, <laughs> I Occasionally listening to it, I would have to I pause it and go, oh my God, I can't believe people are being this honest. Yeah. There are some moments that, that were just so... Um, and, but people are so cheerfully being just tremendously honest I I can't can't even give examples but there was one Melody rang up a guy that she used to hang out with when she was a kid and they played kind of doctors and nurses shit as eight year olds it was Maddie Maddie McLean and they hadn't talked to each other for since then and yeah and oh it's just great yeah yeah what you said is really interesting about retrospectively going back and forgiving yourself for the humiliation or the mm. ignorance or the something that you can actually go back and forgive your previous version <laughs> of yourself. I think, uh, I'm just going to drink my tea. <laughs> no. I'm into that idea. Right. And that's, 
and another amazing thing about bang is that yeah it goes it goes right back right to the start it goes through puberty and every kind of kind of aspect of sex you can think of really but i have never heard new zealanders in particular talk about sex ever it just like it hasn't happened apart from like you know when you're hanging out with your friends yeah there's no like open conversation about that happening anywhere else as far as i yeah can glean you know and that's why I just every time hearing a new voice and a new Kiwi accent talking about like, you know, there's like a whole episode kind of about sex toys and sex robots and all this stuff. And I was just like, this is real awesome. Wow. So I highly recommend that if yeah. you're in the podcast game. Was there something, did anyone see the news recently? Uh, there's some kind of um, a sex robot AI technology that they oh sort of God. debuted at like a festival and then, or and conference it, or something and it got destroyed and it got destroyed by all the gross things that the dudes did oh, to and it. the worst thing is the word was <gasps> soiled yes i did <laughs> she's made soil samantha was soiled <laughs> and i didn't i saw the headline and i kind of had a little giggle to myself and then the thing that prevented me from clicking on it and reading more is just my brain just sort of went these are the things that guys wish they could do to women without any yeah, consequences. Exactly. And that's exactly yeah, what yeah. a sex robot is. It's a woman without consequences or yeah. a mind, obviously. Yeah. And I was just like so depressed by that idea that that these guys just deep down just want to soil women if there if there's no consequences to be had. Mm, that would you be know, good. and like the the rapey version of the purge. Yeah. Where there's yeah, no exactly. legal consequences. That's what they want to do. They want to soil Samantha. And I was like, okay, I, I don't even want to read this. I've had enough already. <laughs> I'm genuinely terrified about sex robot future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. It was that amazing, um, kind of funny, again, kind of terrifying, kind of funny, because it's not quite happening yet. It's going to be happening soon, but it's not quite yet. They were like, sex robots can be hacked and will kill us all. <laughs> Yeah, well, Great. if you continue to soil her, then I that's think we her deserve right. it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Samantha. Poor Sam. But someone made an amazing um, point on Twitter where they were like, you know, it was kind of like beware men who use sex robots because I think the target audience at the moment is men for these sex robots. I haven't seen many like Sam's, for example, yeah. walking yeah. around. Um, your, your, your partners could be programmed to kill you. And then someone was like, have you met real men? <laughs> Have you met like the real domestic violence like statistics? It was yeah. kind of like yeah. yeah. Some of them are also true. programmed to kill women. Yeah. Wow, that's really dark. Jesus. It is dark. The future's coming and it's not looking good. Um, I've got some cat pictures that I'll put on our Facebook page. We'll just yeah. do a slideshow. Just to yeah. Fix all do of a purge. We'll watch the Mindy Project after this. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was oh, I've also been reading. Roxanne Gay's new book. I've only just got to it. Oh, Have you read it? Hungry? No. Hunger. Hunger. Yeah, it's close. Hungry. Um, mm. It's amazing. But again, it's like... It's quite full on, eh? So full on. Yeah. It's kind of like... It's a, it's a whole story about... She's basically had like incredibly traumatic things happen to her. And she talks about those events through the lens of her body and how her body's changed and what she's done to her body to try and stop things happening to her yeah. and stuff. And it's like... It's so intense, but it's also like the most honest writing, you know? Yeah. It's kind of all in like tiny little chapters as well, where she just kind of little fragments of her life. And I was just like, it's just amazing how much a person would be willing to kind of pour out mm. into their book and, and put in front of a whole bunch of people. But yeah, I highly recommend that if you are a Roxanne Gay fan or just yeah. a person, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, like you're just any kind of human, really. Yeah. It's not a robot. 
Exactly, Samantha. If I've you're been listening. reading. I've been reading this. Um, <laughs> Let's drive better than men. What is oh. which is um, it's fabulous. I have to read an excerpt for you though. So it's a it's a my husband picked it up at the transport museum in Invercargill. It's a, it's a good time in Invercargill, um, <laughs> and and it's uh, real. Uh, it's let's drive better than men, and it was originally it's excerpts from things that were originally published a uh, hundred years ago, and um, what I really like is that. Uh, some of it was written in 1934 looking back at stuff that was written about women driving in 1904 and saying look how far we've come it's great (laughs) the question of this invasion into the masculine domain is causing much comment in motoring circles this is women driving cars while some express the opinion that motor driving for women is not quite feminine nevertheless many of us feel that this evidence of independence and pluck in our women folk is very admirable and worthy of encouragement (laughs) that's delightful so it's great yes to command such a monster of a vehicle demands a woman who has steady nerves these noisy big fellows make so much bluster as they speed along that timid women would be thrown into a chronic state of prostration (laughs) ah women can manage the throbbing restless big machines in a manner which compels admiration from masculine acquaintances and so forth it just cheers the shit out of me it just makes me feel happy so was this just like a pamphlet that yeah. was distributed? Yeah, uh, by Mobile Oil and Vacuum Plume. Uh, so it was to encourage women to drive and uh, and once they were driving to use Bloom, Australia's highest quality motor spirit. <laughs> look, look. Spirit. Oh. I'm holding it up to the microphone so this, everybody can see it. This is real. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's got descriptions it's a of... can with a kiljong. And, and it's got descriptions of motor vehicles so you can sound clever. Well, not just sound clever, but be clever. Um, ladies always say mobile oil for me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's been. That's, I'm into that. I love it. <laughs> what a what a worthwhile read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Leonie? Have you got any? No, I don't, any re- book I don't read books. You don't read books. <laughs> you read Michelle's, maybe. Yeah. Later. No, Later. I uh, I read things on the internet, but yeah. I have not actually cracked the cover on an actual physical book. And nearly, it's coming up to two months since I yeah. opened the book, which is not great. Just keep going. Do you want me? Do you want to lend this one? Yeah, yeah. if I could borrow that, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, it's <laughs> better than me. Yeah. <laughs> give you, give you a lend of that. Uh, but what have I read online recently that I liked? Um, uh, yeah, see, this is why you meant to come to these things prepared. <laughs> no, don't no. I'll put something on Facebook we'll when things. I think about it. When I yeah. think of it. We'll put things, and also likewise, if you see, read like, we, we love articles. Yeah. Hey, we, love, we can't get enough of them. Love them. Love Send them. them to us and yeah. we'll put them on our read Facebook Read them all page. the time. Oh, actually, I did read something really heartbreaking yesterday that made me ugly cry at work Uh-oh. for approximately the fourth time since I started working here. Uh, and it was a story in the Washington Post about one couple's night, the night of the Las Vegas shootings. It's about a guy who, who'd met a girl earlier that night. And she was shot. Oh, my God. And he, that she was whisked off to safety and he ended up with her handbag and her phone. So he basically had to spend the night looking for her mm-hmm. because he was her only link to her family to, so they could find out what had happened to her. 
So he just walked miles and miles all over Las Vegas looking for the hospital that she was in, ringing things, talking to her family to assure them that he was there and looking for her and da-da-da. And he found her. And it's a really amazing story. Very, very, very sad. Hence mm. the crying at my desk at work. But yeah, oh it's gosh. well worth finding. We'll put a link to it on the Facebook page, but it's a, on the Washington Post. Very human aspect of that terrible tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, this is probably another tangent, but if you're still listening, stay with us. Yes. But there's something else I've been thinking about following that horrific, awful tragedy. Being on Twitter and being on the internet and having to soak in mm-hmm. the footage mm. and the images that come faster than you can, you know. Yeah. You can't even, they just come up. You don't yeah. even get, you, you're not searching for them. There's no choice. And maybe we can have our Twitter conversation now, but I was like, mm. humans aren't built to absorb that kind of trauma yeah. that fast. Nope. And I don't know how, how this is going to manifest in our brains, but, and I don't want to under, you know, underplay the tragedy or anything like that, but when that stuff started coming in, I had to shut my laptop. And yeah. go outside because it's just yeah. like I never look at the pictures or no, the video I, of I don't, anything. Yeah, I don't play the videos. Nah, neither ever. But there's autoplay, but you know. So like so many people are really not into like as in they enjoy, but a lot of people are quite addicted to watching real life drama horror yeah. in video form. Like you can yeah. Google person getting murdered, and there's just mm. like random cell phone videos of something really terrible happening, or like a dog getting beheaded, or like you know, mm. and like. Teenagers are really into this stuff because it's that sort of that shock, which is that sort of like little adrenaline pump mm. that you get when you see something shocking. But yeah, like you say, like where does that sort of take us? Where does that take your brain chemistry? Yeah, and I feel like it does not take it somewhere good. No, yeah. I agree. And I it, we we know so much more about what goes on in the world. That seems like a really stupid, redundant thing to say, but. It, a hundred years ago, you wouldn't. We wouldn't know about Las Vegas. We wouldn't. We wouldn't know for weeks yeah. until mm. the letters arrived, mm. and even then, we might not. You know, not everyone. Yeah, and you, maybe you go to the movies and see a newsreel after things that had have already happened, and so you would be watching the news a hundred years ago, knowing that it had happened a while ago was probably getting sorted by now that you mm. know the the flooding was finished and the people were fed and the yeah. wounded were tended to and all those things but we see it in real time so there's that incredible sense of urgency and the desire to help and not be able to help mm. so, so you just watch and you just absorb all the yeah. stress and angst and Shame and worry and anxiety and it's, I mean you know that's that's why people uh, I think um, I, it certainly contributes to my anxiety condition so I'm sure mm. it, it it does to other people yeah. as well yeah I have to go outside and stare at the cat I find staring at the cat <laughs> is like like staring at it like staring straight into his eyes it's, it apparently releases vasopressin. Ooh. Which is the bonding hormone. So the two hormones for bonding are oxytocin and vasopressin. And yeah, staring into the eyes of a uh, <laughs> of, you weren't of a supposed pet. to do that. No, that well, dogs like uh, a challenge. No, I think if if the dog loves you, I think it's okay because it, and it releases it in them as well. Really? So it's a, it's a shared thing. Yeah, so None of my cats will look me in the eye. <laughs> I've tried. Oh. They've seen too much shit, man. <laughs> 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 <No. laughs> I've turned to stone. 
Yeah, that's a cool tip. I think we need to really take care of ourselves. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, should we talk about the, the Twitter thing? The other side of Twitter? Yeah, yeah. let's just do it. Just hey, we all of us in this room were kind of <laughs> blown away how quickly people become tribal, disappear off into their own corner of an issue over something that's not actually an issue. So I might as well say what the example was for me mm. this weekend, yeah. which is somebody, um, there was a news story about a cafe in the UK called The Chart Room that has uh, banned children under 12. Um, and somebody on New Zealand Twitter, New Zealand Twitter, what am I, <laughs> my nana? <laughs> a New Zealand person on Twitter <laughs> who's part of my circle of Twitter friends said she quite liked a cafe that didn't have children in it. That sounds quite lovely. And then other people said, what's wrong with my fucking children? And, and it went really quickly from... I would quite like to go to a cafe without children. I would quite like to take my children to a cafe and feel welcome. Mm. Two perfectly reasonable ideas. It descended into fuck all mummy bloggers and you're a selfish, childless Mm. bitch. Mm. Yeah. Just people running off into other corners, opposite corners. And it's so fast. And you just, I think everybody was, we talked about before about wanting to step in and go, I quite like both those kinds of cafes <laughs> yeah. on different days. Because <laughs> we have both of them. I go to them both. I like a cat cafe. Like, where does that come into the argument? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, fuck you, because I don't want any cats yeah. in my cafe. Fuck you, How dare you? Cat. I'm allergic. How can you be so disrespectful Look and selfish? Look them in the eyes. Look them in the eyes and say that. Issues like that is because I'm kind of offensive on a lot of stuff. Not because I don't care, but because I'm too good at. I, I mean, I feel like I get, I see this, the other sides of the argument quite clearly, and so I find that mm. hard to take a position. So like you're saying, both very reasonable. So I, I wander in and out of the corners and, and wouldn't be able to go like... like as, as, even as someone with like no children, I wouldn't necessarily only go to a place where children couldn't go because I like kids. Yeah. Mm. I like how and funny got, and chatty they are. But, I love my grandchild. You know, I've had moments too. in public spaces where someone's child yeah. was like kicking me and they didn't do anything about it and I think I'm allowed to be annoyed by that as well mm-hmm. you know like but I do accept that they are members of society and so there's some good ones and there's some bad ones like all some other of them parts are ugly of, yeah some of them are dicks <laughs> yeah. some of them are mean <laughs> but it's um, I just I'm fascinated at how everybody seems to be operating at Right now, yeah. at mm. this level of, I am going to be fucked off about something. Yeah. What can I be fucked off about? Well, it's also the thing where that you get when you're sort of only emailing someone, you're not having an actual spoken conversation. Yeah. So much nuance is lost. Sure. That you read, even in a Twitter form, you read so much aggression into someone's comment <laughs> that probably isn't there, mm. that you can only react with aggression because of the perceived insult. And then that person, of course, is going to be like, oh, what a fucking bitch. Like, mm. there was no need to react like that. And then, What do you, you mean know. there's no need to react like that? Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then it escalates. I, yeah. I heard a, a fantastic interview uh, on National Radio with a professor from Berkeley. I wrote his name down. That was good of me because usually I just go, there was this guy on this thing who said <laughs> this thing about the other guy. Um, so he's just scrolling now. <laughs> 
Professor Jack Citrin, who was at Berkeley in the 1960s and is still there now as a tenured professor, who's really worried about freedom freedom of speech. And um, he, which used to be something that was demanded by the left and is now being demanded by the right. It's the left mm. who are kind of saying, no, you can't come, Milo Yiannopoulos, you can't come onto our campus stuff. So he has his opinions about that. But one of the things that really resonated for me so much that I punched my steering wheel in the car as I was driving over the Howard Bridge going, <laughs> yes, is that he believes that a lot of us have more diverse ideas in our head than we're willing to express socially because we're afraid we're going to suddenly be wrong because being wrong happens so so fast and mm. it's so like you you're not just a little bit wrong you're really fucking wrong when yeah. you're wrong and and you're wrong for a long time you, mm-hmm. yeah so you get really nervous about maybe saying i actually think children in cafes can be really fucking annoying sometimes so and we so we're silencing ourselves yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I just don't sense. even try because there's not enough room. Even if I have 280 characters, yeah. there's not enough. <laughs> have you got 280? <laughs> no, I don't. No. I haven't checked. I had, did you get a letter or something? Do you get a certificate? I think you just start oh, writing and they give you, and really? you realise you've still got. No, I, I wrote something today and ran out of letters very quickly. So I definitely don't have 280. <laughs> but I didn't realise it was a thing that you had to like apply for. Oh, I thought no, they I thought, just I think randomly you just get gifted it. Yeah. But oh, I don't know I how they choose. You have to be like a bit cool. The I Twitter think. gods. Oh my god! So Twitter do you need gods. a blue tick and they give you more words? No, I get, not a blue what, tick. No, that's not the blue tick. This is such a mystery. I need to know more. Yeah, if Who anyone out there knows, deserves the two eighty. Isn't it great that Trump Who doesn't have elitists? the two eighty? Imagine how many more people could fuck off in one tweet. Down with the two eighty. <laughs> yeah, because also like if you imagined, 1%. if you imagined all of Twitter. Speaking, I've been getting real into like ringing people on the phone recently. <laughs> like what? you're saying, like what? I know it's crazy. Yeah. The old uh, cellular, um, like the hearing their voices, hearing their voices, and and having nuanced discussions yeah. and talking about things wow. in a way in that, real time. It's great. I know, and it's Fuck. like it comes in your ear, like the voice is there, and then you speak, and they get <laughs> it. This and there's no cord. It's like oh, what's going on? A lot more more quickly when you just talk on the phone as well I've noticed work wise mm. yeah I think so. A lot of time. You have to wait for responses. And I also like you're saying about the aggression thing. About 10 times a day I'm like they're mad at me. Yeah. I've done yeah, something. Yeah. Why are they mad at me? I'm mad at them. I feel angry. Yeah. Like it just never goes away. Yeah. But if I you admit to I'm like how rude. That woman's yeah. been rude to me. For no reason. And then I talk to them and I'm like, oh my God, you're the nicest person ever. <laughs> I know. I'm the rude one. <laughs> but um, if you imagine that everyone on Twitter was like speaking. Yeah. Imagine how horrible that would sound. Like, rah, that was rah, just rah, like, rah, if, the, if these debates about cafes and stuff was like being done in a debate chamber, <laughs> however people normally talk. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't want to go to a cafe that's got Twitter users in it. That's <laughs> what I don't want. Because they're angry people. I hope Twitter doesn't so, hear you say Alex, that. you said you want to delete your Twitter. Yeah, what I think just oh, it was just like a bunch of things that. coming to here. Just the stuff we've talked about. Seeing yeah. heaps of people who are otherwise completely on the same page and everyone's just humans trying to do the right thing and be good for the mm. most part. Just butt heads and be start getting nasty and ripping everyone to shreds. Seeing that made me feel bad. Yeah. Seeing all this, this horrible footage of an awful, atrocious thing in real time come yeah. through made me feel bad. And also just like, I sit there scrolling through it all the time and I'm just wasting my life. Yeah. That's probably what made me feel the most bad. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah um, that's true. Yeah, but there's still something that keeps me there. I don't know. I feel like 
Like, why do we? Why do we need it? I, you know, what I, I find it quite useful to log out and log in. Mm. So when I'm having intense writing days, I will check Twitter in the morning because that's, excuse me, oh, that's charming. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> um, where, where I uh, approach the world news for the day first of all, uh, and then log out. So you can't just pick your phone up or your iPad and go, ping. You mm. have to put your password in, and it makes you go, oh no, maybe I'll just write another paragraph maybe i'll go and stare at the cat's eyes (laughs) (laughs) bring me your eyes cat (laughs) look at me look at me Uh, look at my oh i used to do that my cat all the time i miss harassing my cat (laughs) look at my There's a cool tip. Have we got any other cool tips, actually? I'm just ping pong. My all best over one. Place. My best one. Yeah? I'm so excited. I hope I didn't tell you this last time we were together, but I've started watching um, YouTube tutorials for makeup and hair. I don't hey. do any of it. Well, I do Yay. a little bit. But it's just, oh, fuck. It's so soothing. So, good, eh? so soothing. And I did not know. I haven't been able to work out for ages why I can't get eyeshadow to blend. Mm. And, and you're not got a fluffy enough brush. No, it's not that. It's a, it's a concealer, the oh, eyeshadow primer. primer. Yeah. And the concealer is perfectly good as an eyeshadow primer. And now, because I my <laughs> eyelids are 56 years old, and they don't like being told what to do and where to sit. And so you know, I go. I, honestly, with these lids, you can stick a brush on them and the and pull the skin across, and the skin actually stays there until you say go back. <laughs> Look like an eyelid. And so now, but you put concealer on and everything moves around and you can actually do things. That's so exciting. You're you're both looking at my (laughs) eyelids right now, aren't you? (laughs) Staring straight into your eyes like a cat. Staring into my eyes. I love it. Yeah, no, I also have quite wrinkly eyelids. So like I'll draw like... I'll like sort of pull the eyelid a little bit you tight. You do and then not look at yours. Like, it's just right on the left. You've got line. eyelids like a fucking baby's bottom. But then like you draw like a straight line and then you like let the skin go. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like the wavy eyebrow. That's all the rage. Oh anyway, my God. Yeah. Love it. Do you have any tips, Leone? Well, my cool tip, it's literally cool. I have real trouble committing to a, a container of ice cream. Like I will. <laughs> I, I had no idea where it was yeah. going from tip. Yeah. From the moment you said tip. <laughs> so I will like go to the supermarket, go, you know what? I feel like ice cream. I can only eat little bits of ice cream at oh, a time because I'm allergic to dairy. But I buy it anyway because it's literally my favorite food. But I can only have a little bit. But the thing is, I, I get bored very quickly. So I currently have four large containers of ice cream in my, oh my freezer God. of different flavors. This is the two liter size? Yeah. Because you... I'm like, oh, I love this flavor. I'm going to eat all of it. I mean, it might take me a while, but I'll get through it. And then I go to the supermarket and like, I cannot face another bowl of mint chocolate chip. I'm going to buy that chocolate one. So anyway, it's a problem I have. Yeah. But they've started selling <laughs> nearly all the big brands now just do little individual size pots that they are selling in the supermarkets. Ooh, that's so cute. So, yeah, I just buy like little sad collections. <laughs> Her little one cups. <laughs> Different flavoured ice cream. Sounds like heaven. It's less of a tip and more of me admitting something quite shameful. <laughs> no, I like actually. it. But I was just very excited when I saw the little yeah. pots. I was like, I didn't even know this was a thing. 
Thanks. So you can manage Ice like a little companies. a little pottle at a time. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, right. that's fine. And then I won't have any for a week, you know. It's sort yeah. of like it's a have it and then go to bed immediately and hopefully I sleep through the worst of the side effects is kind of what I usually do. <laughs> do you like sorbet? And I love so well, yes, but I, I like creaminess. Oh yeah, but yeah. the coconut um, little island. I do get it so quite a lot. Yeah, but I, I won't eat anything oh. with coconut in it. Seriously, like I reckon you could serve up poo with coconut in it, and I would be. Oh, it. this is nice. That's gross. <laughs> it is, but I. That's, I'm. I'm exaggerating up for effect. It was hyperbole. I don't actually mean. Uh, Nobody sent me poo with coconut in it. <laughs> yeah. It's not actually what I meant. But we sent you an eater. Uh, wow. Well, <laughs> I lied. Look into my eyes. <laughs> um, my tip is, what is my tip? I have a tip from a, a friend of mine, actually. Tess McClure uses something to help her write. She is the deputy editor of Vice magazine. And Vice magazine, website. I think it's just Online Vice. magazine, Vice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And she said she uses this app, which is called Tide, which helps you. Um, I always, I don't know about you guys. This is like, again, kind of a writing tip, but I always have to listen to like focus music or study, basically like whale song or just something, oh. not white noise, but I can't listen to music because I, then I start writing the words of uh, what yeah, I'm listening yeah, to. Yeah, I can't listen to music with words um, either. My yeah. friend has so a playlist. I'm quite good with, with monks chanting. Monks? Yeah. Oh, like Gregorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, this is, um, it's like the Pomodoro timer. Do you know what that is? No. no. It's Isn't just 25 minutes. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. It's a tomato timer and it's 25 minute. All it is is just you do things in 25 minute increments. Right. And just as a rule of thumb, I've found that really useful for just anything in my life. Not just writing, mm. but just put the timer on for 25 minutes and do what you're going to do and then give yourself a break. Mm. Do a little bit of vacuuming, yeah. have a little break. Do a little bit of this, have a little break. And this does it in 25 minute increments, but has a bunch of different like sounds. You can have like the ocean or rain or tropical jungle oh. or cafe, oh, so which ironically going back to, I think it sounds horrible <laughs> when you listen to it. It's does like, it have people, children in it? It's people chattering. Oh. Don't know if there are kids, but if there are, I'm furious. Yeah. <laughs> How dare they exclude the children from that not real yeah, cafe. Yeah, so rude. <laughs> yeah, I've just found that really useful for focusing yeah. at work. And if, especially if you've got something to do, like if you're on a deadline and you're like, I need to stop fucking around. I've yeah. actually got three I'm hours. I'm that. Break out. it up into 25 minutes. And it, yeah, so it, it gives you the sound for 25 minutes and it just kind of goes quiet and gives you five minutes break and then it will come back. You can choose another, like. Oh, I quite like it. Ocean sound. Is it the ocean one makes me want to pee all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really challenging. Which is weird because it does when you hear it as a soundtrack. But when you're at the beach, you don't have to wee all the time, do you? Maybe mm. you just don't do you? think about it because you can you're just in wander into the ocean and have yeah, a pee. it's not an issue. You're just peeing anyway. No. It is true. No pee anxiety there. No, none at all. And nobody judges you, do they? Don't nobody People knows. like to admit that we all pee in the ocean because no, but we all when do. you're there, you're like, mm. I'm in so much pee. Saline. But, you know. It's all clean. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Is there anything else on our agenda today? It's me. Our feminist agenda. Feminist agenda. We're just cracking it open. It's a little bit dusty. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just. I, no, it's just too grim now to go back to the taxi stuff. But I just. I don't know if I've told this story before, but once I got in a taxi, I think I was probably still at like uni. And I remember it was a Sunshine Cab, and I remember that because everyone had said Sunshine Cab is a bad cab company. Yeah. It's like one of the yeah, worst, totally. don't do it. And I got in the back, and it was a couple of blocks. I don't remember where I was going, but I was heading home to Mount Albert, and I realised the taxi driver's p- 
pants were around his ankles and he was sitting in his... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That story and that sword. <laughs> how, how can you try when you were around your ankles? You, on the I don't know. I breaking don't know. and shit would be so hard. It was challenging. And he was just sitting there in his, like, boxes. There's nothing oh more ridiculous God. than it. It was ridiculous. But, and I just sat there and I was like... You know, I'm doing a face right now. You can't yeah. see it, but it's kind of like a perplexed, kind of <laughs> grumpy beaker from the Muppets kind of face in the back seat. And I didn't, the- I don't know what to do. I want to be like, can you put, put your pants up, please? Like, I was terrified and I was kind of like laughing as well. Again, probably like, what the hell's going on? Mm, mm. Nervous reaction. And so I just like said, oh, can you just drop me off here, please? And just got out a couple blocks wow. early and, and let him drive away. And was Did just he? kind of like, what the fuck was that? Was he erect? No. <gasps> well, I mean, actually, I was, I was, I was hoping to get though. another good snort. He <laughs> <laughs> was a good guy. Oh, I don't I think laugh. so, but I didn't really like wow. care over, if you know what I mean. I mean, even if you're like, it's really hot, I need to take my pants off. <laughs> you just don't. If you've got a customer, yeah. you put them back on. Everyone else is doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard for anyone to keep their pants up. I just thought, you know, honestly, there is nothing funny to me than a man with his pants down. It's just like around their ankles when they haven't kicked them off. And then there is nothing funny to me after that is a, is a, a naked man with socks on. It's, just, it's hours of entertainment. It's so ridiculous. Oh, my God. It was ridiculous. And it was one of those things where what kind of reminded me of it was that um, episode of that web series we've talked about before, which is called So This Happened, Mm. when (laughs) Minnie talks about Michelle's just losing it. Did he have one of those beaded car seat things? Because maybe he was just trying to get maximum benefit from the wooden piece. She's so pressing. Oh my god, I'll get, I'll get a tissue. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> but what my like one of my initial reactions was like uh, in the mini episode of that where she, um, a woman basically gets kind of flashed by a guy whose dick is just coming over the top of his pants. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just a little bit visible. And she was like, "Oh my god, he doesn't know." Yeah. And that was my reaction. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "The poor man's pants have fallen down." <laughs> Should I tell him? How embarrassing. <laughs> He's gone to the bathroom and left his knob out. Oh. Yeah, no, I can see that. Because obviously you don't want to be like, but he's done this on purpose. Yeah. He's pantsless on purpose. You'd risk me like there's yeah. a, a mistake. There's been an admin error. Yeah. And the pants are down. <laughs> happened. But he can't possibly know. Because that th- would be so weird if he did. And it, I mean, I've, part of the reason I find it so hilarious apart <laughs> from the... It's a beautiful visual thing of a man with a grown man sitting in a car seat with his pants down. It's just <laughs> so fucking funny. But at what point did he think that was going to be like a an attractive come on thing? I don't know I what don't, the motive was. I don't, he didn't talk about yeah. it. He didn't mention it. He didn't it. mention it. <laughs> like you don't driving. need to after you've made a you know, statement like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was art or some kind of like... Can we, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Can we um, appeal somehow to the creators of So This Happened to to turn the story into (laughs) a vignette in their next series? Yeah. It was just one of those weird things, and the the JJ thing just got me thinking about it. I mean, I'm lucky that it was, like, 
funny and nothing bad happened and I, I really hope that he didn't go on to do anything to yeah. anyone yeah. else, yeah. of course. But it was just one of those surreal, insane things yeah. where I was just sitting there going, I don't know what the fuck to do right now. See, this has just made me think about just the sheer range of fucked up shit <clears throat> that dudes yeah. do. Yeah. Mm. It's like, it's a rainbow. It's a yeah. rainbow of weirdness. <laughs> it's the amazing. The things that guys can come up with to <laughs> just put in your path and, like, ruin your day. Yeah. <laughs> incredible that any of us ever actually managed to leave the house and get from A to B. <laughs> totally. I, can, I can remember being really gobsmacked when Sarah Pascoe, the British comedian, English comedian, said that she reckons one of the reasons there aren't so many women doing comedy in the UK is because it's just so fucking dangerous to get to and from a comedy club right because it's a oh solo job yeah. you're working on it's not like if you're in a band you travel with your bandmates but you're a solo performer and you you're at night and you you go out in the dark and you come home in the dark and you're on public transport because you're earning fuck all in the b- beginning and mm. it's just too dangerous for a woman to do that job unless you're really ballsy and you yeah. carry a knife so yeah. Um, Interesting. So, I mean, that's a tiny little example of how mm. we're still not free to move around the world. Yeah. There's exactly. a whole lot of obstacles in our path. Yeah. Including a dude with his pants <laughs> around his ankles. I want to know stuff like, were they beige? And was, it, was there a no belt? Beige. I want there to have been a belt. I can still remember it. It's God, it was so strange. It, just, it sounds like such a driving hazard as well. Like, yeah, the pants get stuck underneath. You're not even supposed brake. to drive with jandals on, exactly. let alone pants around your ankles. I mean, that obviously would be karma if you know, <laughs> yeah, having sure. an accident and the police, the jaws of life show up and you've got your pants <laughs> around your ankles. That's what you get. Exactly. All right, should we wrap this up? Have we got some yes queens for the month? Yes. I do. Yes. I do. I, um, I'm in quite a weird mood now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I had a fantastic time in Otautahi, Otautahi. Uh, two weeks ago, I went down to speak to a bunch of young women from high schools all around the area. We met at Lindwood High School for a breakfast, and it was organised by this amazing teacher called Mel Anderson from Rangiora High School, who... Um, got all these schools together to send their uh, senior students, senior female students, and I talked to them about, I infected them with feminism, and we had a discussion (laughs) afterwards, and they were saying things like, do you reckon we could smash the patriarchy by Christmas? And I said, yeah, I can't see why not if we just fucking knuckle down. And so, um, and Mel runs classes for these kids all the time talking about feminism and and women's issues and pay equity and uh, all of that kind of stuff. So my yards queen is Mel Anderson, fantastic teacher from Rangiora High School for um, fighting the good fight on behalf of women everywhere. Damn, Damn. yes, queen. queen. My asking for the month is not a person but a deity. Ooh. I had to do like a school project. I do tele classes twice a week um, and we had to do a, an oral presentation on a, a Māori, a Pakiwaitaro or a Purako, which is roughly like a myth and legend, although myths and legends is kind of a bad translation because even made up stories have truth so myth mm. sounds like it, it's not a true story but it's like in Maridim they're considered true even if it's quite a fantastical story anyway so I did my project uh, on um, Hine Te Iwa Iwa who is the goddess of 
childbirth and womanly arts such as weaving and stuff but her story which is the story I told in my oral presentation was basically about marrying this chief and he hits her and she leaves him and he begs her to come back so she comes back reluctantly and they're happy together and then they have a fight and he hits her again and he imprisons her in a jail made from the ribcage of a whale and she's like fuck this and she calls out to her brother she's she's the sister of Maui by the way Maui turns into a wood pigeon and comes and rescues her and she decides fuck dudes spends the rest of her life <laughs> devoting herself to women and children so she's sort of also like a, a deity that scholars who work within family violence also use as a story and when they're teaching their counsellors and stuff like that mm. so she's the, the OG in the Māori deity world for women and children and protecting them from domestic violence and I was like this woman's amazing oh, oh my god yeah. my yas queen is here to iwi iwi yas queen yas queen <laughs> and I would like to give a shout out to I went to hang out hung out with the most amazing group of older women this week uh, they were called the Red Hat Society I went to hang, hang out with the Auckland kind of contingent of queens so this is a it's a global network for women over 50 to get together and have fun but they dress up in all purple with red hats and they oh, go is out the poem that's it the, yes when, when i get, get older, older i wear purple yeah that's what's inspired Fantastic. it um, and they just get together have a cup of wines have like nachos just get full-on <laughs> rowdy and i hung out with them and they just had so much to say about you know growing up getting old and what society thinks about older women and how they're just they're like we just want to go out and have fun we're not like vegetating you know yeah, yeah. in our lounges like you think we are <clears throat> and I met this amazing woman who was like 88 <clears throat> oh, my voice is gonna start to go now she was like 88 and she had been a um like a showgirl oh and God, did like amazing. travel the world yeah. and it was just like taking some time out and like listening to people's stories kind of like what you're saying about your book as well it was just like it's just amazing I think that society overlooks women once you get past a certain age yeah. and you think they just become not just invisible but like historyless yeah. you know like they are just yeah. they've always been there they've always been old and they've never done anything else that's it yeah mm. yeah well you know sometimes when we've been touring and you end up with a row full of women in the front row who are 80 they like to sit at the front because you can't hear you can't yeah. guarantee you can hear <laughs> and people go oh my god you'll be shocked by my language and my stories and I go she was probably a fucking stripper because <laughs> they yeah. grow old and yeah. Yeah. yeah so don't make assumptions that they're they've, you know just knitted doilies you don't knit doilies yeah. you embroider them <laughs> crochet them crochet? I crochet them yeah. anyway sorry I interrupted your no, no, fabulous no. story about the red headed no, lady and I just so they just, they just meet once a month and Sometimes it, 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 get oh, it's, it's a very elaborate kind of secret society, and I am Woo! writing a story about it, so don't uh, scoop me on this, anyone out there. No, no, but, no, um, no, no. Is there a handshake? <laughs> there isn't a handshake, but there was one woman who had a tattoo of the red hat on her arm. Oh my god, amazing! And she's been around the world, and people see it and go, "You're one of us." <laughs> So I was like, this is amazing. You know, you hear about like the Freemasons and all that kind of stuff that's always been like these ancient men's societies. And these are just these, they they call themselves the Mad Hatters, these mad red hatters who go out and are like, it was this other interesting thing of like, they're like, we're finally living our lives now. We've done the mum thing. We've done the grandma thing. And now we're actually just going out and having lunch and like getting pissed and having a good time. And it was just really, yeah. Yeah. It's invigorating. That's so great. So, yeah. yes, queen to all the red hatters out there. Yes, queens. Yes, queens. You're and great. And can you be a, a, an apprentice? 
I'm old enough, aren't I? You, uh, you said yeah. over 50, so over I could join. Be in there. Oh God, Do you want to come in as my plus one? If you're yeah. under 50, you have to be a pinky, which is pink outfit, purple hat. Oh my God. And so I'm like keen to I'm, do I'm it. Keen. They said they don't have enough pinkies in Auckland, so I was kind of like, pinkies we could do that. We could do it. Term. That is adorable. I'm a I pinky. Know. I know. So if you're interested, get in touch with us. You know, you know our Facebook page. <laughs> I'm gonna. We're All gonna right. start the Auckland chapter. The pinkies. We're gonna do it. The pink ladies. Um, that's us for this month. Thank you, everyone, for chatting. I'm sorry if it took ages. Don't know how long are we. <laughs> Probably fine. <laughs> Quite long, Mad says. Thanks to Mad, <laughs> Madman Chapman Yay! for always being here, recording Yay! us, answering our stupid questions. And thank you, Leone, Michelle, and 27 Names for making this happen. We'll be back next month with more cupcakes and donuts and good chat, yes! hopefully. Bye. Bye-bye. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.